Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. Good evening. How's everybody doing tonight? Great to see you all. Thanks for joining us for Leadership Night. I am glad that you're here. My name is Mel Massingale, and I'm the pastor of Summit Church here. And uh, I know most of you in the room, so thank you guys for joining us. I also want to welcome those of you that are watching online, joining us for Leadership Night. Um, If this is your first time, we really do appreciate it. And uh, let us know where you're watching from. We do know that we have a number of people that watch from different places and listen to this podcast later. And so we appreciate it. No matter how you are consuming this um, this meeting today, I appreciate it and just want to say thanks. Um, just to give you the heads up as a point of uh, housekeeping, our next leadership night will be January the 5th. And so if, um, if you're a planner, which you should be if you're a leader, then you uh, go ahead and mark it on your calendar. January 5th, we will be meeting again. We're going to reformat leadership night a little bit. Uh, we want to up our game a little. So we're going to be doing some things a little different on January 5th. But... The content is still going to be strong. It's still going to be helpful for you. And so I would encourage you, uh, make sure you're here for that. Um, so let me just jump right in. And if, for those of you that came in a little bit late, if, uh, if you would, there's a sign-in sheet going around. If you'd like the notes from tonight, email to you. Uh, fill out the email portion. And, uh, and Tracy Galley, who works with me, uh, she will get that to you probably on Monday of next week. But uh, she'll get you the notes if you're interested in seeing those, and you can use those with your team down the line if you would like, or people you lead, or just to peruse again if you would like. Um, So I don't know about you guys, uh, Thanksgiving was not very restful for me. Um, Usually it is, but it wasn't this year, because my family and I, we met my in-laws and my uh, sister-in-law and her family at Disney this year, and so... It was not relaxing. It was not restful. It was really good, but it wasn't restful at all. Um, and so I had, I actually took off some time when after Thanksgiving, uh, yesterday and Monday, because I needed to recover from, from vacation, if that makes sense. If that's not the most spoiled thing I've ever heard in my life, that I just came out of my mouth. So uh, I needed to rest, if we're going to be honest. And the truth is, Uh, That's something a lot of times leaders don't do very well. We don't tend to rest very well. Um, A lot of times leaders don't rest until they have to rest. Uh, They don't rest until they're forced to by uh, circumstances, sometimes out of their control. And it's interesting, if you look at the most searched Google terms in 2020, um, does anybody want to guess what is the most searched Google word or term for 2020? Anybody want to guess? COVID, things to do. I didn't see that one on the list. What did you say? I'm sorry, Brian, what? Rest, okay. Well, stress, yeah. Getaways, yeah. That, there was actually one for what to do or getaways in there. Um, coronavirus was number one. Uh, coronavirus update, coronavirus symptoms, those were all in the top 10. Um, what else happened at the end of 2020 leading into 2021? Uh, anybody remember? Elections. That was kind of a big deal, right? Um, elections. Um, so elections were up there. 
Because of coronavirus, there were a ton of Google searches for Google Classroom. A lot of parents were frantically searching for Google Classroom. Zoom was another top Google term or word that was Googled. And then somebody said rest, but self-care was actually one of the top Googled phrases in 2020. And it's interesting because when I think of self-care, I think of like Oprah you know, talking first person right to the camera saying, you should take care of yourself. And it feels touchy-feely. And it feels like something that leaders aren't supposed to be like, oh, I'm so tired. I need some rest. Like we're supposed to go and power through and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is if we're not careful, um, we will undermine everything that we want to do. Um, And it's interesting because high-performing people, often feel like slowing down to rest is counterproductive to forward progress. And it's actually just the opposite. If we don't slow down to rest, then we are going to be in trouble. Uh, I heard somebody say one time, um, if, if I had 20 minutes to chop a tree down, I'd spend 15 minutes sharpening my hacks. And I think rest is similar to that. Rest helps us be sharper. Um, but I, th- I want you to think about it in a in a physiological kind of way. So anytime you encounter a perceived threat, so let's say you're going on a walk, uh, you're going on a morning walk before you go to work because that's what we all do. We all, we all prioritize our physical health. Uh, so you get out in the morning, you go for a walk and you're walking down the street and you're, you're finishing up your walk, you're on your way home. And then a dog, not just any dog, bursts through the bushes next to you, barking ferociously. This is like Cujo on your block, right? It's a St. Bernard foaming at the mouth and it's barking at you. It's after you take off running, what's gonna happen? Well. Your heart starts beating out of your chest. You're breathing deeply and you turn the corner and you slam the gate on your fence and the dog's sitting there. Well, what's just happened? Well, from a physiological perspective, what's happened is um, some chemicals have been produced in your body um, that, and this is, uh, this is a, a oversimplification, but some chemicals have been produced in your body um, that produce this fight or flight idea. And the primary chemicals in this moment are adrenaline and uh, cortisol. So adrenaline will increase your blood pressure, it will increase your heart rate, and uh, it's going to give you energy. That's why um, maybe you were in college and you were the person who loved to procrastinate to the last minute to do your paper. Then you knew like, okay, I've got energy now because my paper's due in eight hours. So at two in the morning, you're finishing your paper. That's That's... That's adrenaline that's pumping through your veins in that moment to give you the energy to do that. The other thing is cortisol. And cortisol is the primary stress uh, hormone. And what it does is it increases the glucose in your blood and also increases the ability of your brain to process that glucose in a healthy way. Um, Another thing that cortisol does is it actually um, curbs your normal functions of your body. So in that flight uh, flight or fight moment, when your body goes, you're in trouble. Okay, we're gonna shut this down, this down, this down, this down. This is what cortisol does. Cortisol begins to shut down some of your processes for um, your immune system responses. It suppresses digestive, uh, the system. It suppresses your reproductive system. It suppresses growth processes. Um, So what happens is in this moment, this alarm system that's gone off in your body, 
it has all these responses, all these reactions, and it actually communicates with a portion of your brain that controls mood and motivation and fear. Okay, so all this stuff happens in you physiologically in this fight or flight moment. And then when you slam the gate behind you and you're standing there, what happens? Well, what do you do? Anybody, shout it out. You sigh, you take a deep breath. Whoo, right? Oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. And in the next few minutes, your heart rate begins to decrease. And it's not because... Uh, because you just ran, it's because now your body's producing less adrenaline. Your body says, you don't need this anymore. It's producing less cortisol. Like all of a sudden you're able to rest. But what if the dog didn't stop chasing you? What if it just kept on and you can never find a safe place? Now this is different because this is a high stress moment. But, but what happens for leaders especially, but really everyone in our world, is we're dealing with stress. It is low level and it is ongoing perpetual stress. Think about the things that have stressed us out. We mentioned some of them in the Google search. Elections, COVID, masks, um, vaccines, no vaccines, um, all the stuff, um, socioeconomic issues, um, issues between ethnicities, all these things combine and pile on. And now you've got this, this underlying low level uh, perpetual stress that people are dealing with, not just people, but specifically leaders. And what happens is there is a slow drip of cortisol into us constantly. And one of the things cortisol does is it keeps you from resting. And so what's happening is we don't know how to not be stressed out. We don't know how to turn off the fight or flight because we are dealing with two years of perpetual stress. And it's not just the external stuff like that. It can be internal stuff too, like, um, like the, the need to perform or the need to make people happy. All those things contribute to the stress that we feel. And as a result, there's this physiological thing that's going on. And this slow drip of cortisol over time produces things uh, from, a, from a, a physical perspective like anxiety, depression, digestive problems, headaches, muscle tension and pain, heart disease, heart attack, high blood pressure and stroke, uh, sleep problems, weight gain, memory and concentration impairment. So all these things are linked back to stress and cortisol in our lives. So when we think hey, it's okay, I can deal with stress. The reality is we can't deal with stress. Our bodies weren't intended to deal with stress long-term, chronically, so we need to do something about it. So, so let me ask you a question. I wanna open this up to you guys for some feedback. And for those of you that are watching online, uh, there's a little bit of a delay between what's going on in the room and your response, so we'll try to take that into account. But I would love to hear from you guys a little bit. What are some reasons why we don't do something to alleviate that stress in our lives. Because I think we are aware of it. We know that this stuff is there, but in your own personal life or generally speaking, what are some reasons we don't deal with that stress in healthier ways? I mean, for me personally, like if, if I'm not handling all the problems, then I feel like nobody else is gonna handle the problems. So if I set it aside, it's just gonna sit and wait for me. So why yeah. not? keep tackling it myself. You're the, you're the best one to take care of the problem, so you might as well take care of the problem. I guess. Yeah, I get that. Let's be honest, a lot of leaders feel that way. If I don't do it, nobody else will. And if somebody else does it, they're not gonna do it as good as I would do it. And that sounds prideful, but that's how a lot of us think and feel. I get that, that's good. What are some other reasons why we don't take care of ourselves better? We don't handle stress well. 
Um, in my circles, there tends to be like a lot of value associated with being seen to have a servant's heart. And I think a lot of times people think to have a servant's heart means to forego self-care. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm kind of curious to know whether you think that's true. If it's not true, uh, what would be some characteristics of a person who has a servant's heart? Okay, so is, is what true? That there's a perception that a servant foregoes self-care? Yeah, that, a serv that someone with a servant's heart should forego self-care. I think there's a perception there. I don't think that's accurate in healthy organizations. Um, I think there are lots of churches that function that way, um, that just wring the life out of somebody, and then when they're done, they will move on to the next person. Um, and I don't think they do it on purpose, but that's what they do. And, uh, and I think that's probably the wrong way of doing it. Even in, even in businesses, I think businesses can do the same thing. We wring the life out of people and then we just move on to the next victim. Um, but I think that's one of the things we see in healthier organizations today than we did 20 years ago is leadership has an awareness of the complete person, not just as a function of uh, value for the organization. You know, hey, you're not just a cog in the wheel, but you're a person we care about. And so I think that helps alleviate some of that. But yeah, I think that still comes back to individuals. If I believe that, I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going to work myself to the bone, whether the leadership asked me to or not. And so we just have to be self-aware about that. But yeah, I think that can be true. And what was the second part of that question? Uh, the second part is, if a, if a person with a servant's heart is not supposed to forego self-care, what are some things that a ser some, someone with a servant's heart is supposed to do? Like, what are some characteristics of that? And I guess I'm asking the question for the Christians who are watching. So like if, if they thought that a person with a servant's heart tends to forego self-care and maybe that was like the dominant characteristic about themselves that yeah. made them think they had a servant's heart and now they think, well, I shouldn't do that anymore. What should they do? Hmm. What should they do? I think, I mean, we're going to talk about this a little bit. I think guarding your heart, being careful about how much you give and how often you give, that we live sacrificially, but not to the point where we burn out. Because um, that's not what Christ calls us to, you know, in a Christian context. He, acts, he calls us to self-sacrifice. But if our self-sacrifice leads us to be bitter at the church or leadership, then that's not really Christ who led us there. You know what I mean? So I would just say we really have to be self-aware, guard our hearts. I don't know if that really answers your question. So what are some other reasons we don't take care, better care of ourselves? Yeah, Bob. I think part of it can definitely be a pride issue, kind of mm -hmm. like we were talking about. You know, nobody celebrates that you took a day off to rest. Yeah. You celebrate your work in 80-hour yeah. weeks or 100%. Whatever. And it can easily become an identity thing that <laughs> my identity is wrapped up in my sacrifice. My identity is wrapped up in how hard I work or how many hours I put in or how much I produce. And it creates an unhealthy dynamic that we just can't let go of. Yeah. I think that's really good. Really good. I love the fact what you said about we don't celebrate the fact that people took time off. Hey, Michael, Cheryl's got something. Um, and I, I can't even imagine that because I think in, like in our organization, like I, I will push people. I'm more likely to tell somebody they've worked too many hours than to corner somebody and say, you haven't been working hard enough. And some of that's a function of our team. But... Um, I can't even imagine, even with that though, I can't imagine being like, man, look at you taking time off like a champ. Good job, buddy. You know, but I will do the opposite and be like, man, you have worked so hard. Good job. And so maybe even s subtly, uh, you know, 
subconscientiously, I guess, I just made up a word, I've, or subconsciously, I'm supporting what you're just talking about and I hadn't even realized it and thought about it that way, but that's good. Cheryl. I think comparing ourselves with other people, it's like, you know, look, look at what Pastor Kim does, it's incredible. And so then you feel guilty if you can't produce the same amount of energy and yeah. the same amount of work. For the, for the record, I can't produce the same amount of energy as Pastor Kim. So, but it's true. I think comparison is, and that's one of the things we've had um, some people on staff whose spouses felt pressure, not because we said you've got to act like Kim, but just because they see that and they're like, oh, I can't do that. It's like, well, that's not what it's expected. But again, we can't police how they think. You know, we can try to encourage them and put them in the right environment, but, but that's ourselves comparing ourselves and going, oh, well, I've got to do more. We, we see how successful other companies are, other people, and we go, well, I've, I've, clearly now I'm not working hard enough because I'm not that successful. So I've got to do more. I'm, I'm doing 60 hours. I need to do 70 hours. And yeah, comparison is a trap. Uh, Danny Lee online said that she um, thinks that um, maybe people don't take care of themselves because they truly don't know how to process emotions correctly or in a way that's beneficial to them. And uh, maybe they lack discernment. Yeah, I think, I think there's something to that. And I think I mentioned emotional awareness, being self-aware. Um, I'm trying to think. We did a leadership night on emotional intelligence, like probably July of last year, something like that. No, it couldn't have been July. Yeah, it could have been July of last year. Anyway, but we did one on emotional intelligence, Danny Lee. You can go back and find that one, I think, in the archives. Um, but I think that's emotional intelligence, just being aware of, why I feel the way I feel and, you know, some of those pressures, but yeah. Uh, Eric Schrack also said that it's just a lack of time and that sometimes when you get home uh, from work, uh, when you get done with work and taking care of things after work, it's too late and you're tired. And also like if you're in a leadership position at work, it's hard to shut off work when you get home. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I know Eric well enough that I'm going to say this, Eric, I love you. And that is an excuse we all use. Like, man, I'm just out of time. I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time. I'm just so worn out. I can't take some time to take care of my emotional needs or whatever it is. And, and the truth is we make time for things that are valuable. Um, there are very few days that I skip eating. And the reason is because I value eating, right? <laughs> like, I, I like that food in my belly. Um, there aren't very many days that I, I, I don't make time to do things that I love doing. And so that's just a matter of us shifting some priorities, I think. But yeah, I get it. Time is a big one for, for most of us because um, we're busy. We're all busy. What else? What are some other reasons we don't take care of ourselves better? I, I think much like anything else in life that... Um, if we're deficient in something, whether it's at work or at home, um, self-care would be dealing with those things. And sometimes we don't do it because it takes hard work and yeah. discipline. And sometimes the, the looking at what we need to do um, is intimidating because you know what it's going to take to fix the issues. And honestly, it's discipline and, and hard work. Yeah. Um, so even though rest giving yourself rest and shutting things off is what we need. We know we need it. We sometimes don't do it because it takes discipline. Yeah, and, and I love the way you put that, Ryan, because like I said earlier, we feel like it's giving up. Like, well, if I'm resting, then there's a problem because I need to be doing, I need to be going, but we don't understand it really does take discipline 
to rest. And not just to rest, but to find things that renew us. Um, and so, you know, when we talk about rest, I want you to understand, we're not just talking about Netflixing uh, for, you know, 10 hours. You just binge a show on a Saturday because that may or may not actually be rest for you. You know, you might be turning off your brain, but you might not be renewed by that. You might not be getting better. Um, and so what we're really after is taking care of yourself, self-care more than just turning off your brain in front of a television or in front of, you know, your game console or in front of whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, but that's good. And we're actually gonna circle back to that. You mentioned some of the different areas. We're gonna talk about that in just a second. So what else? What are some other reasons why we don't take care of ourselves? I think one big one is people don't do it because until you see the negative effect of it, whether your health takes a deep dive or you make a really bad decision, you just don't, you yeah. don't think it matters. Yeah. Yeah. This, if, if you were at Summit this weekend or you watched online, one of the things I said this weekend is the longer we settle, the, the, more, the more painful an event it will take us to move forward. You know, so the, the more we have settled into a place in our personal life, in our, um, you know, in our emotional state, whatever it is, the harder it is, the more painful an event it's going to take to move us out of that. And I think that's the case in just about every area of our life. Um, but yeah, that's really good, Greg. I think that it's very uncomfortable for some people to discover their own limitations. Like I personally know several, several people that if I told them that they can't do something or they just are incapable of doing something, they would focus on doing that thing and doing it really well. And I think it's because people don't like to have their limitations or the things they can't do highlighted. It makes them feel vulnerable maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know any humans that are like, hey, tell me what I'm bad at. I wanna hear more of that, right? <laughs> That's exactly true. Um, that's good. Anybody else have any thoughts on that? Why we don't take better care of ourselves? Any more feedback online, Michael? Uh, Carrie Barnett said, um, wanting to lead by example, your team is only, is only as productive as you are. Yeah. Well, and, and that's exactly true. I think that's a big reason why, because I think a lot of leaders go, hey, I want to be the first in the office, the last out of the office, because I want to set a good example. But we're also setting the wrong example sometimes, because if they don't see us taking moments to rest, you know, then we're setting, setting an example for burnout probably. So yeah, that's true. That's a good one. Bob, did you have another thing? I think in a broader sense, we're pretty materialistic as a culture and we tend to think we need a higher standard of living than we actually live, which then puts pressure on us to have to earn more, to work more. I think that's a big problem in the U.S. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I, I believe that a hundred percent. Um, and I think the pandemic has proven to be good for people's savings accounts because, you know, they had an influx of cash, whether you agree with that or not. And a lot of people did save, which is not a lot of people, more people than normal saved. Um, but the last, the last thing I'd seen in like 2019 was the average American was living on a hundred and one percent of their income. And it's like, um, I'm not good at math. I'm no accountant, but that can't last for very long. And so, yeah, I think you're right. Because uh, I know a lot of people that feel like, man, if I just had a $10,000 a year raise, my life would be perfect. And it's like, no, nah, you're just not going to know how to manage $10,000 more a year is all it is. So yeah, I think you're right. There's something else, Michael? Uh, another one for me that I haven't heard mentioned yet is um, 
if I rest or if I take time for myself and then I make a mistake like nearby that resting period, I'm, I'm sometimes concerned that people will think, oh, it's because I was rested. Like, because you slacked some, off. Right, yeah, like, yeah. There were some wide receivers that went on this crazy vacation right before the Super Bowl or right before like a, a championship game a mm-hmm. couple years ago and it made headlines because then they lost really bad and it was their fault that they yeah. lost. And so sometimes I think if I take time for self-care and then I make a mistake, then it's like, it makes it look more like laziness. Yeah. Uh, and I think some of that's insecurity in our own part where we just go, oh, I don't want to look weak. And I don't remember, somebody had said something along those lines, our pride. But, but yeah, I think that's definitely a case too. Um, and really, I mean, going back to what Ryan said, self-care is hard. It takes us being disciplined. It takes us doing more sometimes to to do less, if that makes sense. Um, I heard somebody say one time, the reason, the reason we don't do things in a more simple way is because simplicity is complicated. In order to make things simple, it is complicated. And so I think the same thing is true of rest. Um, so here's, here's a few questions I would encourage you guys to ask yourselves. And these are in the notes, so if you get the notes, you'll get these. Um, but I want you to ask yourself some questions. Number one, when I feel overwhelmed, what's the first thing that I do? So not, not what's the first thing should I do, because I don't want the Christian church answer. I want you thinking back over the last time you were really stressed out. What was your response? How did you respond to that? What was it you did? Um, because these are gonna give you clues about some things that you may, maybe should be doing to find rest. Um, I want you to ask yourself the question, when do I feel my best? Like, when do I feel tip top? When do I feel good, emotionally, physically, spiritually, any of those kind of things. When do I feel my best? What makes me smile? What lights me up? What makes me happy? Um, And again, think back. What was the last thing that that made you laugh? Um, What do I daydream about doing? What are the things when you're sitting in your office, in the cubicle, whatever it is, and you're like, oh, I wish I was. What are those things? What do I want to do that I never get to do? What is the thing that I'm like, man, I really wish I could go? And then the last question I would encourage you to ask yourself is, how, how do I want to feel? So the, I can identify how I feel, but how do I want to feel? And I think these will give you clues about some ways that you might be able to recharge, that you might be able to be renewed. And... Um, I've got to I've got to have a, a spiritual lens on this because I'm a pastor. But the NIH, um, the National Institute of Health, they identify six six ways or uh, primary areas of health. Does anybody want to start the list out? I've mentioned some of them already. Six primary areas of health. There it is. Mental, emotional. What else? Spiritual. Financial, it's, uh, it's not on here, but occupational, well, let's give you that one because occupational health is one that they put that you might not get. Physical, relational, there you go. So social is what they say. They are mental, physical, emotional, occupational, social, and spiritual. And um, yeah, so I know all you guys. Um, I would start with spiritual personally because I feel like everything in our life as a, as a Christian flows out of a relationship with Jesus. 
Uh, so if my relationship with God is not healthy, it's gonna keep me from having a healthy relationship with the people around me. I'm gonna be a better employee. I'm gonna do a better job on my job. When my relationship with God is healthy, um, my emotional state, my mental state, all this stuff is going to be better if my relationship with God is where it needs to be. Um, and so it, they identify these six primary areas. So let me ask you this. Um, which one of these, and, and we can have some dialogue about this if you like, uh, but I want you to ask yourself this question. Which one of these do you give the most attention to? Which one of those six areas do you give the most attention to? Mental, physical, emotional, occupational, social, spiritual? And which do you give the least attention to? Because I think these are clues too. Because most of us are not perfectly balanced across these. It's just impossible. Uh, most of us have something that we're really strong at or one area that we really excel in. And this comes back to the question we were talking about. Why, why do we struggle to find rest? And some of us, like Bob was saying, find our identity in our job. And because of that, maybe we're really good. We're really healthy occupationally. We're really strong in that area. We are killing the job. But because we are killing the job, uh, we are robbing or we're cheating our relationships. And now relationally I'm low, but occupationally I'm high. Or uh, maybe, maybe um, I don't know anybody that would be guilty of this. Uh, they're really good in several areas, but physically they're not as healthy as they should be. Again, I don't know anybody here, anybody in Indiana, Pennsylvania, we're all perfectly fit and healthy, but in other places I've heard that that's a problem. Um, and so again, I think these are clues to where we find comfort, maybe in unhealthy ways, and where we should find renewal in some healthy ways. Um, but I, I would encourage you to ask yourself these questions. What are, the things, what are the things that I give the most attention to and what are the things I give the least attention to? Because all these are areas that we can find rest in, that we can find renewal in, that we need to be taking care of ourselves. Because for us to be operating at maximum efficiency as leaders, uh, we need to be operating in all these areas to some degree or another. So here's one of the things I would encourage you to do. Um, schedule rest on your calendar. So earlier, Eric said, we don't have time. And I'm just picking on Eric, Eric, I love you. Um, but all of us would say that. Well, I don't have time to work out. Uh, I don't have time for, you know, um, for Bible reading. I don't have time for, you know, these different things that would bring me health in these different areas. And this is where I would say you have to schedule it. Just like you schedule appointments, uh, just like you schedule, um, if you're going to the doctor, you would put it on your calendar and you would schedule it. And somebody would say, hey, I need to meet with you. And you go, I can't, I've got an appointment. That's where I would say schedule times to take care of yourself. And maybe it's in the evening. Maybe it's after you get off work. Maybe it's in the morning before you go to work, but put it on your calendar. Schedule it just like you would an appointment. Um, that'll help you prioritize it. The other thing I would say is repurpose an activity that's already on your calendar. Um, there are things that you're already doing that if you just shifted the focus a little bit, you could be healthier. Uh, you could take care of yourself. So think about it this way. Um, maybe, like I said earlier, we're all super healthy. We all get in, out in the morning and go for a walk before we go to work, right? We pray for two hours, then we go work out for an hour. That's what we all do. And so uh, maybe you walk your dog in the morning and instead of walking your dog and listening to a podcast, maybe you walk the dog and you don't have any noise at all. Maybe it's just silence. That silence during that dog walk is gonna be renewing for you. Maybe not. Um, but that's a way that you might be able to go, hey, I'm gonna take something I'm already doing and I'm gonna, I'm gonna redeem it to bring health to 
my person. Um, maybe the same thing. Instead of, uh, I, I personally value silence. And one of the things, you know, I could mention in a minute, and I'm going to ask the question you can be thinking now, what are the ways that you rest or you should rest or that you can take care of yourself? But one of the things I personally do is I go to a counselor. Um, and I go to a counselor about every four, five, six weeks. And I sit down with them and we have a good conversation and they help me work through some of the challenges that I face in my life. Um, and one of the things I normally do, and it's about an hour drive because I go to Monroeville, and on my way back from Monroeville, uh, I, a lot of times I don't listen to any music. I don't have a podcast on, nothing. A lot of times I'll drive back in silence. Um, and that's just a way for me to kind of process some of the things we talked about. Uh, and it's healthy for my heart to be able to do that. Then there's no distractions. And so you can take things that you're already doing and going, okay, how can I leverage this so that it's not just an activity on my calendar, but now it's something that's actually bringing renewal to my heart. Um, so we can talk through those things a little bit, but I'd also want to ask the question, what are, what are some of the things you're doing to rest? Or what are some of the things you should be doing to rest? Um, just practically speaking, and these can be little things like I just mentioned, or they can be big things. Let's throw out some ideas, just practically speaking. How can we help each other think through this better? One of the things that I try to do is, uh, and it doesn't sound like rest, but I think it is. I try to sharpen myself in areas that like my occupation isn't sharpening me, or maybe mm -hmm. my normal day-to-day -day stuff isn't sharpening me. Um, areas, like think of things that if you don't do them, you end up feeling bad about yourself. Like feeling bad about yourself, I think is pretty taxing whenever you, you feel that way, like for, you know, a few days at a time because you've been slacking off on certain areas. And so for me, I get a lot of mental rest and spiritual rest out of knowing that I've developed myself in a particular area that might fall by the wayside if I'm not paying attention to it. It's pretty complicated. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like if you go to the gym, you know, like going uh -huh. to the gym is not very restful. It's very painful and like miserable for Why didn't you just say that? <laughs> but after you go to the gym, you feel great. Absolutely. All day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, think, I think that's a great one, honestly. Um, I hate going to the gym. I mean, you may have guessed that by looking at me. I hate going to the gym. I don't enjoy it at all. But I've never gone that afterwards I was like, that was a waste of time. Every time I've gone, I'm like, I'm exhausted. But the chemicals that are produced in your body, you just feel good. You feel better. It's like emotionally, you're like, I conquered that. I didn't want to, but I did it anyway. And so I think there's a number of things like that that we can do that help renew us or help, you know, take care of ourselves. Yeah, Marie. So maybe if you have a racing mind, um, I used to keep a notebook beside the bed until I learned to quiet my brain. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have a mind that'll run, or in my case, um, I have dealt with a lot of anxiety in my life, and so doing activities to focus on something else. Mm -hmm. So like for me, I love to crochet, and so whenever I crochet, I can actually feel my heart rate slow down mm -hmm. because I'm concentrating on my stitches that I'm doing. Um, another thing is like, even though it really stresses me out, um, doing Sudoku. Mm -hmm. uh, that was something that we picked up after my accident. Everyone gave us these silly puzzle magazines. And They're like, Sudoku we'll help you. Yeah. Here's some stress. And you're yeah. like, awesome. Yeah. 
So we yeah. used to, like Chris and I used to do Sudoku every single morning. And I'm like, wait a minute, give me your book because I'll do the easy ones in there <laughs> and you can do the medium or hard in mine. But, you know, doing something else to focus yeah. your mind on instead of the issue at hand. And those are things I find relaxing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Let me back up a little bit. Think about some things. Uh, let's take it from, let's take it from um, even smaller scale. Um, some things like, uh, gosh, and I even hate saying this, but like over the last week, I've tried to drink more water, just conscientiously go, I'm going to drink water instead of iced tea. Um, and I feel a little better. I don't know if I actually physically feel better, but emotionally, I feel like I'm doing something for my health. Like I feel a little better. So it might be something like making a decision to drink water instead of soda, or maybe it's taking vitamins when you weren't taking vitamins before. Some little things like that even, uh, or there's, there's some small things that maybe you recognize now. Okay. These are things I do and I wasn't doing them conscientiously to improve self-care, but I recognize now that they are. And I, you had the mic before I asked that question, so go yeah, ahead. So, um, so I, I got in the habit a while ago of, of doing some backpacking. Yeah. And like Sunday morning, I'd get up before anybody else, so I wasn't in anybody's way. And just being out in nature yeah. uh, tends to be renewing for me. And then to, to hit the question you just had, I think creating routine, mm -hmm. anytime you can create routine that builds that space into your calendar that, yeah. that holds the spots for you, um, that you can fill with those things, it's, it's good. Yeah, yeah, and you just used the, the word routine. I think one of the really important things to do, um, and I mean, you guys have been around, so you know, when my dad passed away a couple years ago, I had several people, and it took me a while to like work through that, as it should when you lose a loved one, um, but I had several people say, man, you, it looked like you did pretty well through that overall. And I'm like, I don't feel like I did, you know? And, and there's still moments like two years after the fact that I get weepy or that something will happen or whatever. And that's, that's supposed to happen. That's, that's the way it is. But um, I told them, I said, you know, I think what really helped me is I already had good practices in place before that happened. I think one of the problems is we don't, we don't try to fix our unhealthiness until we end up in a ditch and then we're like, oh, I need to correct. I need to get some things right. And I think it's way better if we can put practices and routines in place before we get there that will help us avoid the ditch. And, and that goes back to what you're just saying with just the routines. I mean, like I, when I first started going to a counselor, I wasn't going because there was a problem. I was going because I didn't want there to be a problem. And so like, I didn't have to find a counselor and establish a rapport after my dad passed away. I already had somebody and, you know, and I could talk to him and, on the one-year anniversary, I mean, I had to do Christmas Eve services because, you know, <laughs> we're at church, right? But my counselor, I already had a relationship. And the one-year anniversary, he was like, hey, man, if you need to call me five minutes before the service and talk, call me and we'll talk. And I'm like, great. So just having that, that routine of self-care was really important for me before it happened. So, yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great point. Um, does anybody have um, Apple Watch? Okay, a few of you are slaves to Apple like I am. But one of the things it's got on the Apple Watch is it'll give you reminders throughout the day to breathe. Uh, it'll just say, hey, and it'll give you a breathing exercise. It's really helpful. Like, I don't do it every time, but just taking time to take some deep breaths and relax. These are all just little things you can do. They don't take much time. You don't have to, like, change your schedule to do it. There's things, like Marie said, that you can take 
10 minutes before you go to bed at night and journal. Maybe you're not a journaler, that's okay. Um, but things like journaling, it can take a little bit of time to do, but it doesn't take long. Um, things like building in time to your schedule, like you were saying, but build in time to your schedule where you're not rushed. So schedule five more minutes before a meeting so that you don't have to rush from one meeting to another. Just building in time to, to find rest. Those are things that help. Um, I've got a big list and I can include this in the notes. Um, somebody, oh yeah, you mentioned hiking, but just going out in nature, taking a walk. Maybe it's not even nature. I live in town in the borough and I'll walk around the borough. I'll walk, you know, it is activity and all the things happening, but just being out of my house in a different place helps me take a deep breath. I'll walk the dog and I look manly walking that dog. People see me and they're terrified of my tiny little dog, um, but it helps. Maybe something like working in a different spot. If you are able to have remote work, maybe you can go to a coffee shop. Maybe you can go to a, a park when the weather's nice and sit in a park and work. I think all those things are things that might be able to help a little bit. Those are some, some smaller ones. There are some bigger things. Like uh, I said, go to a counselor. It might take an hour out of your month to go to a counselor or go to a therapist and sit down and talk, but that, that's really helpful. Uh, maybe it's going to the gym, not even every day, but occasionally. Um, turn off the phone some throughout your day. Take an hour, maybe before you go to bed and say, I'm gonna shut off my phone. Uh, I'm not gonna be laying in bed, looking at my phone, responding to texts or emails. Um, maybe it's something bigger, like uh, go to a spa. And some of you are like, yes, sir, I got you. Uh, but man, schedule some time. One of our staff specifically I was talking to this person about some things, about regulating and having a regular rhythm in their life for rest and renewal. And one of the things I told them is, hey, I know how much time you have off every year. Um, you know, I set your PTO, so why don't you start taking a couple days each quarter and just say, hey, these two days, I'm gonna go uh, camping by myself. I'm gonna go somewhere and sit in a room. It's interesting, I read an article this last week, South Korea, um, there is a, there's a mental health crisis in South Korea right now. And it's gotten to such a bad place that about 70% of South Koreans um, will self-identify and say they are stressed. And almost half of Koreans will self-identify and say that they are depressed. So there are some serious mental health issues in South Korea. And there's a number of contributors to that. Uh, but one of the things that's interesting is these... Um, Shops have sprung up all over South Korea where you can pay and go sit in a quiet room. You will pay money and they will give you a set amount of time to go sit in a room. And you might be in a room with other people, but you're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to have your phone on, nothing. You pay money to sit in a room. Uh, there's some movie theaters that have started charging people to come in for movies, um, two in particular. One, and I forget the name of the movie, but it, it's a 41 minute movie and it is, it is a flight simulator. So it's a simulated one hour flight. You're not allowed to talk. All you can do is sit and watch the screen for 41 minutes. They will pay $6 for this. There's another one that they literally will go in. They'll pay $6 for a 31 minute movie. And the movie is a crackling fire. And they will pay money for it because they're so hungry for quiet. They're so hungry for no noise. And I just think, man, they've identified something I think sometimes we miss, that we get used to the noise. And, and I think it's important to go, I'm gonna carve out time for some of those kind of things, um, for a mental health day, for some, 
just overhaul of my spirit, of my soul. And so I would encourage you, there's some short little things you can do, like drink more water, which is great. That doesn't hurt. That doesn't take a lot of time. But then there's some bigger things that you go, okay, I need a weekend. You know, I need to go get away. I need to do something that's going to help me. I mentioned that we went to Disney and, um, and it really wasn't stressful. It was, it was good overall. But about four days in, I was just beat down after we'd been walking like 12 miles a day and my feet were hurting. And, and I was like, babe, when's our rest day? And she was like, we didn't schedule a rest day. I was like, we didn't schedule a rest day? And she said, do you know how much it costs to go to Disney? I was like, yes. So she was like, yeah, we're not resting. We're not wasting a day at the pool. And I was like, oh my gosh. But I recognized I need a rest day. Like I'm not gonna be able to finish this week if I don't rest a little bit. So I took one of the days, like half of one of the days, and I did laundry. I was like, I will do the laundry. And I sat with my iPad while the laundry was going. And the reality is I knew I needed that. If I was going to finish that week well, I knew I needed to take a little bit of time. And the truth is for all of us to finish well in our companies, um, you know, in 2022, it's not going to get better. It's not going to be less stress-filled magically. That's where we have to manage that stress better and differently. And so that's my challenge to you guys is just think through, hey, what do I need to do to finish not just this year well, but next year well? And schedule times for renewal. Schedule times for you to take care of yourself and set the tone for the people around you that this is important, this is valuable. Um, This is not super strategic as far as like how to build a team or how to recruit high capacity leaders, but I feel like this is really practical for you to to see, hey, how do we do this in the long term? Um, Because we don't wanna burn out and we don't want the people around us to burn out. Like I said earlier, you're leading a bunch of people who feel like you do. Um, You're leading people who feel stressed out and burned out and tired and exhausted and all the things you feel. And so you should set the example and not just set the example, encourage them to be looking out for their own mental health, their own spiritual health, their own physical health, their own emotional health, their own occupational health, their own social health and their own spiritual. I think I said that, but it's worth saying twice. So I would encourage you guys to do that with your teams as well. Okay, so we talked through some ways we should rest. Any questions about anything we just talked about? Because we talked about a ton. Yeah, Christy. This isn't necessarily a question, but just a really simple tip. Um, because I work from home and oftentimes my kids are around, I find music so therapeutic and specifically worship music really mm-hmm. helps me just like chill out and calm down. Um, even for days I don't want to go to the gym, it puts me in a much better headspace. Yeah. So that's a really simple one, I think. Um, and that Rob, my husband's like also picked up too, that will just chill him out a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good one. And I would like to put in a plug for the week of prayer coming up in January. <laughs> Shameless. Because you can come into the sanctuary and there's just quiet music playing. And it's just such a peaceful, quiet time to just yeah. spend some time with the Lord. And it'll just really renew you. And we won't charge you six bucks to do it. That is exactly true. What are the dates on that, Cheryl? Um, it'll be June or July. January. January. The other day. We got it. It'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of that week. Okay, January the 17th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th. So yeah, mark your calendars. And if you're local, if you're close enough to be able to pop in during lunch, what are we open from 11 to 1, Cheryl, is that right? So 11 to 1, it's come and go prayer. Literally, we've got some music on. Come in and sit and relax and pray. And yeah, it's good. Hard to top that one, but... Uh, we don't need to compare. Uh, I think screen time is a big one. 
Oh, yeah. You mentioned it briefly, but especially before bed. Oh, yeah. I mean, scientifically, yeah. the, the blue light from the screens keeps you wired. So I think having a certain time where, okay, I'm shutting off the screens and I have a wind-down process, maybe read a book or something like that before you go to bed. Yeah. Well, and that comes back to what Ryan said about self-discipline. You know, like, hey, let's be self-disciplined enough to put our phones away. Um, and some of you, um, Gerald Brooks spoke here uh, when beginning of October, and he preached on the weekend, but he did a leadership uh, morning with us, a leadership session. It was really good. And one of the things he said, I think he said it there, I don't remember, Michael, but he said, um, self-discipline is a the gift that leaders give themselves and deadlines are what you get if you don't have self-discipline. And uh, I thought that was really, really good. And self-discipline really is a gift we give ourselves. It is a gift of rest, a gift of renewal, those kind of things. And uh, yeah, I know I feel better whenever I, I, I do those things. Ryan. Uh, two quick things that I thought of. Um, one, my wife taught me um, just real practical things in a work setting that you can do to slow down and to, to relax. Um, a lot of times when I was stressed out at work, it was because I had a huge long list going in my head of stuff I needed to get done. Um, so the first thing was uh, writing a list of your tasks and not just checking them off, but writing beside the task how much time it should take you to complete that task. Mm -hmm. So you can break down, like, I, I need to submit this to the owners. Uh, that should take three minutes. You know, mm -hmm. when you put it all on a list and how much time it should take and you add it all up, it really doesn't take that much time. Yeah. And then the thing that my wife taught me was make a conscious effort to move slower. Like, just... Mm -hmm. If you're in an office setting or a business setting and you're always running around doing stuff, you can still do stuff and get work done, but just consciously focus on moving slower, thinking slower, one thing at a time. And it's amazing how just focusing on moving slower yeah. makes things a lot easier. And then the last thing I'll say is you mentioned that we don't want to, um, we started mentioning worship and stuff like that. Worship music playing in the background is awesome. Another thing that has helped me over the years, um, if you get up every morning and you admit to yourself and you humble yourself before God and say, I can't do this without you, mm -hmm. it makes a huge difference. And just saying the words out loud when you're driving to work, God, I can't do this without you. And being willing to humble yourself and say, I need you. Yeah. It, it just sets it, sets your day off. And there's times when I haven't done that. And I've had some of the most stressful, terrible days in my working career or in, you know, home life too. Yeah. You know, so just humbling ourselves before God. And I know that's a spiritual answer, but. Yeah, uh, that's good. Um, so that last one, that didn't come from Ann, just the first two? Uh, actually, both. Oh, okay, okay. Um. You know, that's something, like, we did a series, and you guys might remember, we talked about rest uh, 2020 sometime, and I don't remember the date. Now we did a series on it, and it was 
we took a lot of ideas from the book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And uh, it's an excellent book if you want to go deeper in the idea of rest and renewal and things like that. It's excellent. One of the things he talked about was that idea of just moving slower and building in time to your schedule instead of rushing to an appointment and having to speed, like build in time so you can drive the speed limit. And that, what a novel idea to be able to drive the speed limit. Because if you're wired like I am, I naturally go, well, if the speed limit's 55, I can probably do 61 and be okay or whatever it is. Maybe you don't, but... You're a better Christian than I am. Um, but uh, I've, I've shifted and I started just driving the speed limit more. And that need I have internally to like make good time or that pride whenever somebody passes you and you're like, oh, you know, like you feel this tension in you. It's amazing how good it feels to be like, eh, who cares? I'm good. Um, and it's something simple like that, but it really is freeing. Um, so that's really good. And, and you know, you were talking about the, the spiritual um, response. Um, but I was talking to Emma. I love this and she'll never see this. So I can say this. My 16 year old, a few days ago, she asked me, she said, dad, do you remember when I was little and you used to put me to bed every night? And I said, yeah. And she said, would you start doing that again? I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, I'll do that again. And so like this week I've been putting her to bed and I'll lay by her and I'll pray with her just like we did when she was little. And I don't really know why we got out of the habit. It was just, I think, because like she started staying up later and homework and all that. But we were talking a couple nights ago and I said, you know, Abby, Emma, do you remember in scripture where Paul says, hey, I prayed three times for God to remove this thorn in my flesh and he never did. Like Paul prayed, God do this. And God was like, nah, I'm not gonna do it. Like that makes me feel better about my prayer life, right? When I pray and God doesn't respond. And I said, but what God said is, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And we tend to focus on that second part. God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. But the first part, I don't know, just hit me so hard recently. My grace is sufficient for you. And what he's saying is my grace is all you need. Like you think I, you need me to answer that prayer. You don't. What you need is my grace. And I tend to think like, okay, God, my life will be better if you just take care of this situation. And instead, I think many times what God says is, no, 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 no. What you need is my grace and you need to recognize my grace. And so I don't mean to get preachy at leadership night, but I think that kind of goes along with that. Like just reminding ourselves, God, no matter what today holds, your grace is sufficient. Your grace is all I need today. So God, let me experience your grace. Um, like that's something that's been on my heart lately. And I think that's, yeah, goes along with what you were just saying about like just meditating on our need for God is really good, really important. That's good. Larry, contributing. Come on, buddy. What do you got? Yeah, I'd like to do woodwork and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Larry, my office is full of your woodworking projects, my man. Yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff you've done. If you've never seen Larry's handiwork, he's made me all kinds of stuff, and I appreciate that. Yeah, woodworking, working with your hands. And I'll tell you, that was something, and I've told a few people this. After my dad passed away, I just didn't have any desire to do any woodworking, like, None. And it's not like I was doing intricate projects before, but I just didn't have the desire to create like that. I just didn't have the motivation, which is common when you're dealing with stress and all those kind of things that you just lack motivation. And, um, and I've started doing that stuff again. It was about 17 months after my dad passed away. And um, there was an old table that, long story, an old table that somebody had brought back to us uh, that we had that we had loaned out. And I was like, 
I want to redo that table. And I was like, oh, like, oh, I had motivation to do that. And I think, man, that's been good for me emotionally and spiritually, just doing more of that stuff, working with my hands, you know, creating something. It's, there's something really powerful about that. So that's good, Larry. Greg. Yeah, one thing I was going to mention, a lot of things we've been talking about are things we do by ourselves. Uh-huh. But you mentioned there a couple of times relationships. Yeah. You know, if you could find somebody else who enjoys the things you like to do that, you know, refreshes you, mm-hmm. it's good to have that relationship because there's a lot of times you just don't know, like you said, if you don't schedule it, you're not pushing yourself somewhere out of the blue or they'll recognize it and say, hey, you want to go do this? Yeah. Like, yeah, why don't I? And it, you know, it, it helps a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I'm somebody who I enjoy doing stuff by myself. Like I'll go to a movie by myself. I'll eat dinner by myself. And some people think that's psycho. Um, my oldest daughter, Abby, she always used to make fun of me because I'd go to movies by myself. Um, cause Kim would do a Bible study with college girls on Sunday night. And so I would come home from church. I would eat lunch. I would rest just a little bit. And then I knew I'm going to a movie by myself on Sunday night. I'm, I might go get dinner. But that was just time for me to turn off my brain, for me to rest a little bit. And Abby was always like, why do you do that? That is so weird. And she's, you know, down at school in Florida. And she called me the other day and she was like, daddy, I went to a movie by myself. I was like, how was it? She was like, it was so cool. And I was like, yeah. Anyway, um, so I think there is time for that, but I do, I agree with you, Greg. I think it's really important for us to, to be in community and even for people who like solo stuff, I think it's really important for us to be in community because that is renewing for us to some degree, but for some people a lot. And so some people, maybe I don't need it as much as somebody else does, but if I'm not in community, I'm depriving them of something they need too. So yeah, that's good. Well, yeah, I think we got time for a, one more question or comment. Before we close up shop, anybody else? Anything online, Michael? Uh, Yusuf said that swimming is something that you can do to relax, and Anne said that she would really like to go to Disney. Danny Lee said <laughs> mindfulness and whatever that she's doing. Um, and then uh, Jennifer Sheasley said spending time on a hobby. Yeah. So that's some of the input we're getting online. Yeah, that's good. All those are good. I don't know where Yusuf is swimming <laughs> in December in western Pennsylvania, but that's good. He didn't have a pool at his house, so... Polar Bear Club. Anybody else? Question or comment? One last thing is like a shameless plug for something like this. I, I find a lot of rest coming to yeah. worship night or propel or yeah. anything like just being in the church itself feels very restful to me. So. Yeah. There you go. Well, thank you. So just be in the church more. Somebody over here had... That's correct. That's 100% correct. Yeah, I'm going to repeat that so people online can hear it. If you don't make time for your wellness, you'll be forced to make time for your illness. Yeah. Um, Carrie Newoff has a leadership podcast and a blog. Um, it's Christian leadership, but it's Carrie Newoff. If you don't listen to his podcast, Carrie Newoff leadership podcast. Um, but one of the things he said is you either take a Sabbath or a Sabbath will take you. But it's the same kind of idea. Um, and so I think it's important that we guard our health, we guard our not just spiritual and emotional, our, our vocational, our relational, all of it down the line. We really keep an eye on that. And I would challenge you guys this week, think about what are the areas that I really focus on and what are the areas I need to focus more on and be thinking about how can I be renewed in all these different areas. And I think God will show you if you pray about it. Um, hey, we're gonna stick around when we finish up here. Thank you guys for watching online. Let me pray and I'll close out our time together. God, thank you so much. 
that you created us to be active, to move, to experience a full life. But God, you also created us to be people who need rest. So God, I pray that we would find rest, that we'd be disciplined enough to rest when we need to, um, that we would schedule that into our life, that we would take care of ourselves in a way that, that we can lead the way you want us to. So God, I pray that we would be mindful of those things and that we would rest before we need to. God, I pray that you'd show us each ways that we can apply this uh, to our own lives, takeaways for each of us. And I pray that, um, that God, we would become better leaders because of what we're doing, the discipline we're doing from this moment on. So God, have your way with us, be glorified through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I love you. God bless you. Have a great night.